the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Doug Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. In the challenging times we live in today, we believe that God's Holy Word is the single most important source to all the answers we need and are searching for. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 24, that anyone who hears his words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on solid rock. It is our hope with this program to help you grow in your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Lift Up Jesus is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church in Los Angeles, California. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter 77. And if you have your sermon notes, I want to speak to you on this subject, Is God In? A few times I've stopped by a doctor's office without an appointment. You say, well, why would you do that? Well, uh, either it was a friend or maybe uh, I needed something or maybe I was just in the area. And whenever you stop by a doctor's office without an appointment, you have to ask three questions. The first question is, is the doctor in? That's the first question. And you have to ask that because he might not be in. If he's not in, you can leave. The second question is, is he available? Why would you ask that? Well, maybe he's in, but he's not available. Maybe he's busy and he can't see you. But then there's this third question, and that is, will the doctor see me? Because he might be in and he might be available, and there's a chance he just doesn't want to see you. So you have to ask all three of those questions. We ask those questions to pastors when we stop by the church. We ask those questions to the counselors and maybe to lawyers. But what about God? Have you ever asked those questions to God? Is God in? And is he available? And will he see me? I could venture to say that that's a common question, a normal question, when we live through such a tumultuous year like we are experiencing right now. The last nine months are like nothing we have ever experienced before. Why, it started in January when Kobe Bryant, an L.A. icon, died tragically in a helicopter crash with his 13-year-old daughter and seven other people on a Sunday morning. And then we had the COVID-19 pandemic, and then the economy shuttered with businesses being forced to close. I read a statistic this week that 50% of all households in Los Angeles are suffering financially today. And then we had the tragic killing of George Floyd. And then we have a country that's being divided by unscrupulous politicians and media empires. And it seems that people 
are becoming angrier and angrier as we demonize anyone with a differing opinion. Have you noticed that? And then in spite of flattening the curve successfully, churches have been told that you cannot meet indoors and there's no singing allowed. And they said that you cannot quote the Lord's Prayer. And you can't open until we tell you you can open. And then on top of that, it's, we have all these fires. It's like, it's like the entire state is on fire. It's common knowledge that as a result of all these things, that suicide and mental illnesses have skyrocketed. And the question that we ask is not is the doctor in, not is, is the pastor in, not is the counselor in. The big question is, is God in? And if he is in, is God available? And if he's available, will God see me? Will God hear me? Will God be with me? Will God rescue me? Will God comfort me? Is God in? You may relate to the guy who was going through all kinds of uh, difficult times and someone said to him, brother, you need to cheer up. Things could be worse. And so he cheered up and sure enough, things got worse. (laughs) And during those times we ask, well, where is God and what is God doing? And is God sleeping up there? Is he just sitting up there in heaven watching me suffer? Does God take pleasure in, 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 in seeing my pain? Does God care? Is God in? Well, guess what? Psalm chapter 77 answers that question for us. If you're ever in a discouraged place, you need to read through the book of Psalms. There's so much encouragement in here. Psalm chapter 77 has 20 verses. We're going to look at all 20 of them today. They, it is a gold mine of good news. The first half of Psalm 77, the first nine verses, the psalmist is discouraged. He's lamenting. He is complaining a little bit, but he is wondering where God is. And you see this as you read through this. You can see the emotion that he's experiencing during this time in his life. It begins with verse 1 where he says, I cried out to God for help. And I cried out to God to, to what? To hear me. He, he's not even sure God's listening to him. And I, I believe that he's literally crying out to God for help. Then we come to verse 2. He said, when I was distressed, I sought the Lord and watches at night. Everybody say at night. At night, the psalmist said, I, I, I stretched out my unti- untiring hands. In other words, I believe that, that all night long he's crying. All night long he's begging. All night long he's reaching out to God. And yet the text says that his soul refused to be comforted. It, didn't, it wasn't getting him anywhere. And then verse 3, he said, I remember you, O God. I groaned. I mused. And my spirit grew faint. What does that mean? That means he was about to give up. He was at the end of his rope. 
is what that means. Verse 4, he says, you kept my eyes from closing. What does that mean? It means he couldn't sleep. And then he says, and I was too troubled to speak. He couldn't sleep and he couldn't speak. All he could do was cry out to God and reach out and beg. Verse 5, he said, I thought about the former days, the years of long ago, and I remembered, verse 6, my songs in the night. What's he talking about? He's thinking about the good old days when they used to sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. And now he's wondering, where is the God of long ago? And then he starts asking these questions. You see, if you can relate to any of these questions, and you'll see as you go through this list, oh, he was struggling. Look at verse 7, 8, and 9. He said, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? And as you look at that list of questions, it all boils down to he's wondering, where are you, God? That's what he's asking. Is God in? And then you come to verse 10. And he says, then I thought. I want you to say those three words. Say it one more time. Verse 10, if you look at it, you can write this down. There's a shift that takes place in verse 10. Verse 10 is the epicenter of Psalm chapter 77. It begins with his mind. There's a shift in his thought process. For the first nine verses, he's lamenting, he's hurting, he's discouraged, he's groaning, he's restless, he can't sleep at night, he can't speak, he's questioning, is God in? He's questioning God, have you rejected me? Have you left me? Have you forsaken me? Have you forgotten me? And then he comes to verse 10, he says, then I thought, everything shifts in verse 10. Oh, I want you to know that what you think about, you become. If all you do is sit around all day on social media and watch the news, and you all think about all these bad things, you're not going to feel very good. But if you change your thought process and start thinking about the things in life that are good, you'll start to feel good. Then I thought. And as we go through the rest of this chapter, we're going to see the things that he was thinking about, that he started to think about. Oh, this is the first nine verses, woe's me. And then he, he changes his th- thought process, and he starts thinking about all these good things. There's five of them. I want you to write them down. Here's the first one. Wherever you find God, number one, he finds God in history. He finds God in history as he looks back over his life. It says there in verse 10, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years, the years of the right hand of the Most High God. Verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the miracles. He looks back over his life and he thinks about all the miracles that he ever saw God perform. Verse 12, 
The next verse, verse 12. He said, I will meditate. So this is thought process. On all of your works and consider all of your mighty deeds. Verse 13, he says, your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? That's a good question. Is there any other God as great as our God? And he says in verse 14, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. He's looking back over the years. He's reminiscing. He's thinking about all the miracles, all the times that God showed up in his life. He's really thinking about the miracles of the 10 plagues where God delivered Israel from the bondage of Egypt. He's remembering the miracle where God parted the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground. And he's thinking about the miracle of how God fed Israel with quail and manna from above every single day. And he's thinking back about the time where God led Israel by the pillar of fire by night and the cloud, the pillar of cloud by day. And he's thinking back to that time where God provided water out of a rock and how God protected them and how God provided them. And he said, you are a God who performs miracles. I will meditate. I will meditate on your deeds all day long. And here's what he's thinking, that if God took care of Israel back then, then surely God will take care of Israel today. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a lesson of a lifetime. The greatest pandemic today is not a pandemic from a virus. The greatest pandemic today is the pandemic of fear that has gripped this nation. People by the millions in this country are living in fear as though they have forgotten all the times that God has protected us and provided for us and delivered us and carried us and shielded us. Put yourself in God's shoes. Do you think God's ever up there and have a look down at us and just shakes his head back and forth looking at us? Wondering where is your faith? Listen, we live in a fallen world. There's always going to be cancer and financial crashes and crises and fires or floods or earthquakes or mudslides. Relationships will go sour. You will experience a loss of a job from time to time and even worse, the loss of a loved one from time to time. But when those times come, trust in God. Look back over your life and remember all the times that God has worked and moved in your life and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has lost none of his powers. He's lost none of his strength. He's lost none of his abilities. And he did not lead you to this point to forsake you. He has never, ever, 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 ever forsaken you in your past, and he will never, ever, ever, ever forsake you in your present. Learn that. 
Secondly, he says this. Now watch. He says, I saw God in redemption. I'll explain that to you here in a minute. He saw God in redemption. The very next verse, he says, with your mighty arm, talking about all the miracles, he says, with your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants, he lists their names, of Jacob and, and, and Joseph. Who are those two guys? Well, he goes all the way back. Jacob was the one whose name was turned to Israel. He had the 12 sons. Joseph was one of those 12 sons. He's looking back at that period of time, at the beginning of the 450 years of slavery. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 40, he goes all the way back to that time period in the midst of a famine, in the midst of a dysfunctional family, in the midst of that time where Joseph was left to die again and again, in the midst of that period where where what man had intended for evil, that God had turned it into good in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And he thinks back to how God had a plan to redeem Israel and to rescue Israel and to save Israel. And in that same manner, God has always had a plan, and that plan is to redeem all mankind. The point being, God has really just one plan for your life. I don't know if you know that. But God only has one plan for your your life. You know what that plan is? That plan is to get you into heaven. That's his plan. Now, I know that there's a million things going on in this world right now. We've got the pandemic. We've got homelessness. And we have divide. And we have joblessness. And the Kardashians are not renewing their television show. But there's only one thing that God is really concerned about in the big picture. The only thing that matters is getting people into heaven. Here are the statistics. 7.5 billion people on this planet. 2.5 billion of those 7.5 billion people are already saved. five billion god god's been working but there's still five billion people who need to be saved which means god still has a lot of work left to do i tell you that to tell you this that the number one problem when we go through trials when we're going through rough times is we start wallowing in self-pity. We focus on self, the woe is me attitude. I'm scared. And we neglect or fail to remember that God's business of redeeming mankind is the only business that really matters. And instead of sitting around and worrying about your little problems... You need to start thinking big picture that God has this ultimate course for the world today that at his call there will come a moment 
where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's working towards that end. And although, although things seem to be totally out of control in this world today, God is sovereign in every detail of your life and is working towards the redemption of mankind. God can cause kingdoms to rise and fall. God can cause kings and presidents to come and go at the snap of his fingers. God can move any mountain. God can put his hand and bless a nation. God can remove his hand and curse a nation. But ultimately, every person of the 2.5 billion people that are already saved, hopefully that's you, God's hand this very moment is upon your life if you are redeemed Christian And his hand, listen to me, his hand will continue to be upon you in order for you to be an instrument to reach your city and to reach your neighborhood and to reach this city and to to reach this nation. Don't ever forget that God is working around the clock to redeem mankind. Number three, write this down. You should know this one. This one's easy. God is seen in creation. He's seen in creation. I don't know how anybody cannot believe in God if you just look and study creation. It's a no-brainer to me. You You must be looking at the wrong things if you don't believe there's a God. Just open your eyes and look and study creation. The next three verses, 16, 17, and 18, he turns his attention to creation. The water saw you, O God. The water saw you, and they writhed. The very depths were convulsed, and the clouds poured down water. The skies resounded with thunder. Your arrows, whose arrows? Your arrows, O God, flashed back and forth. Your thunder, whose thunder? God's thunder. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning, whose lightning? It's God's lightning. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and the earth quaked. Have you ever stood on the shores of the pacific ocean and looked out across the vastness of the water have you ever stood on the rim of the grand canyon have you ever tried to look up and see the brilliance of the sun or have you ever tried to count the stars in the milky way Have you ever viewed the majesty of the Rocky Mountains or watched an eagle take flight or marveled at the colors of a rainbow? And to realize that if God holds the entire universe in the palm of his hand, is there anything in your life that's too difficult for God to handle? Seriously. If you have any doubt... You need to read Job chapter 38 and Job chapter 39 and see what God says to Job as Job is questioning and wanting to know the reason of why he is suffering. Job is wanting to know the reasons why he is suffering. And those reasons are quickly resolved and become inconsequential when you come face to face with the reality that God is greater and larger than anything you will ever begin to be able to understand. Be sure to join us next week as Pastor Dudley continues with today's message here on Lift Up Jesus. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you are in need of prayer, we invite you to call us at our toll-free number, 
888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer requests you may have at this time. You can also contact us right now if you'd like to receive a copy of today's message on either CD or DVD. Our number again is 888-818-4777. For more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every week. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again next week at this same time as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.